Crappy Radio, episode 303, on September 18th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where cash or beer or whatever rules everything around us. I like how you came in right on the chord change. That was really nice. Uh, it's years and years of practice. Very good. All right. So uh, our theme tonight, a loosely cobbled theme, is most of these beers have weird ingredients in them. And this is kind of a smoky thing, too, going on. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with what should be... The most delicate of the beers this evening. Wild Wolf Brewing Company's Blonde Honey. This beer was given to us by our friend JD. Thank you, JD. This is a unfiltered Belgian-style blonde ale. 6.8% alcohol by volume. 21 IBUs. Wild Wolf is in Nellysford, Virginia. Comes in a can. If the yeast has settled, swirl before you pour. They want you to put the yeast in. Well, it's pretty... Pretty, it is. pretty yeasty, so I think we're good. And my coaster keeps sticking to my glass and making all kinds of noise. They have added a special spice blend to give it an added kick. Ooh. So we were off a week last week. Uh, I had a cold. Greg decided to stay away. And uh, it's probably good for me to re- recuperate anyway mm. instead of drinking a bunch of beers. So we're back. Yeah, you had eating 209. Evie, uh... <laughs> Citizen, drop your weapon. EVD-69. It's better than EVD-68. It's more fun. Uh, I do have a little bit of Barry White going on, but or maybe I saw someone... Oh, this is not original. I saw it on Twitter. It's like, I don't have a Barry White cold, but I definitely have a Johnny Cash cold. Ah. Uh, get it. I get it. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking, we started with cash was everything around me, and I'm thinking mm. about a tweet I saw. Yeah. I think I retweeted it once where somebody said, what idiot called it Bitcoin and not cash money? <laughs> cash, you know, C-A-C-H-E. Right, right. <laughs> this week's, uh, <laughs> on this week's episode of verbally retweeting tweets that we like. So, I'm smelling definitely a Belgian East character, but it's a lot... There's some, some lemony stuff coming off of this. The color is a, sort of a strawish. Yeah, it's a really light straw color, but it's very cloudy. Yep. Mine's already at 53 degrees. Really? It's, this came right out of the fridge. So. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm definitely surprised it's up like 10 degrees already. But oh, hold on. That one didn't come out. Yeah, 52.8. It's about right for a lager, so. No. No. <laughs> That's kind of warm. Oh, well, we like our beers kind of warm. We do like our beers warm. Okay, so wheat and a lot of honey. I could definitely smell the wheat. I'm not really sure about the honey. That may be coming off as a little slight, uh, a slight sort of tart note. But there's actually sort of a wheat kind of lemongrass. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get into the aroma. Aroma's a little bit closed off right now, but um, let's see. What am I smelling? Kind of what Greg was saying. You know, there's a bit of a, a lemony hint in there. I'm, not, I'm just trying to find this mis- this um, mysterious spice blend. If anything, I'm picking something that's 
Uh, I was going to say nutmeg, but that's not it. No, I was smelling maybe something kind of like a a cardamom, maybe. But it's hard to tell just by aroma. I think something a little more floral, more like chrysanthemum, actually. Well, cardamom, if you don't use a lot of it, it can be pretty floral. Under the flavor has a pretty full body, you know, from the yeast and whatnot in there. It, uh, that's interesting. Let me take another sip. It does have a really full body. The, the honey becomes apparent, it has a, a kind of creamy, yeasty character mm-hmm. to it, which is really nice. The it finishes pretty fruity and estery, right? It has these. Uh, a nice yeast character at the end. And then I'm still working on the spice blend. It's there. It's, this tastes like another beer that we've had, but I can't place it. It's, um, reminds me, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like, reminds me an awful lot of something we've had probably within the last, no, six months. But it's, 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 uh, it's avoiding my search for it. Um, let me take another sip here. The malt character is, you know, on the sweeter side, a kind of, I think, like a sweet sort of Hawaiian bread, you know, with honey in there. The honey kind of hits you on the sides of the tongue. The honey... Oh, okay, so now I'm getting getting a bunch of different spice, spicy-type flavors. I'm um, getting the honey, but then I'm getting something that's a bit lavendery. but before that, I'm getting something that's kind of cola. Cola? This is a yellow wheat beer, but I'm getting this cola type flavor. Yeah, there's something a little kind of spritish, right? I'll have to see if I can get sprite though. This was more like, you know, cola. And then there's this weird sweetness that kind of zips off of it at the end. It's Yeah, that that's that yeast. That's the yeast okay. pulling off a kind of estery job. But it's like it's like little little bursts of sweetness almost like if i have some sugar from a pixie stick like on my tongue and it's like dissolving you know i'm getting a little something like that that's very reminiscent of that kind of feeling you know what i had the other day i was in the store and i couldn't help myself and i got a, a bag of pop rocks okay i figured i'm an adult i can do what i want <laughs> so <laughs> so i just i try them there it's the weirdest thing in the world is mm-hmm this you know artificial sugar stuff in your mouth that just like pop, 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 pop. I don't know. Was it worth it? Probably wasn't worth the money I spent on it. Now <laughs> the dollar that I wasted on it now, but uh, the experience, right? Hmm. I like it, but. It's it's going to be hard, I think, for it to stand up to the other beers because the other beers. I mean, j- just <laughs> I'm, I'm just guessing the other beers are going to be more complicated mm-hmm. and or just have more stuff going on, and so just the unfortunate reality is a beer like this that is plenty drinkable, very good, not blowing us over is not going to remain very high in our memory. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to dig into a little bit more before it's gone. And the problem with with an inscrutable beer like this sometimes Mm -hmm. where you can't sort of, you you can't quite figure out what's going on is it falls in the back. I don't know. It's happened before that beers like this have, have jumped up to the front, but. The the end, I'm left with a sort of orange blossom honey, okay. a little over, but a little, almost like, what those Bitto honey? Remember those candies? So there's a little um, sort of that honey kind of aftertaste. I don't remember the name, but I don't remember the candy. Anyway. So that was the <clears throat> Blonde Honey, H-U-N-N-Y, from Wild Wolf Brewing Company, Nellysford, Virginia. Didn't taste particularly lagery, did it? I mean... It's not. It's a Belgian-style Blondale. Why did why we say it was a lager? Why did I think it was a lager? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not a lager. No, it's a Belgian-style Blondale. <laughs> With the honey and a secret spice blend. I, you know what? I think I saw a blonde. I don't, I don't know why. Greg got, Greg got a new laptop. He's all excited about it. <laughs> That's why. It's been a weird day. It just has. Okay, what's next? I'm thinking this is probably the... You know, before we jump off the crazy train to Flavortown, I think this is probably the more <laughs> more restrained of the bunch. So let's put him in next. Well, we'll see. I mean, it doesn't sound restrained. It sounds. This, this these is are like, all pretty nuts, though. Yeah. So, this is um, from Summit Brewing. They uh, they sent this to us. Thank you, Summit. This is Herculean Herculean Woods. It's part of their their batch, their Unchained, uh, their Unchained series. This is the one that is maple syrup and spruce tips. <laughs> spruce tips and Minnesota maple syrup. Okay. Sorry if I'm I'm a little off balance today. You're not used to having a big screen in front of you. No. <laughs> this Eight is batch point, number wow. I'm sorry. Batch sixteen of their Unchained series. Is this the one that's a lager? Uh, this is a lager, yes. That's why. That's why I got confused. I knew one of them was a lager. Summit is from St. Paul, Minnesota. Alcohol by volume, 8.2%. Really? <laughs> yes. Not a small beer. I guess no. that's where the Herculean comes from. Right. Uh, 77 IBUs. <coughs> Malts utilize Harrington, Lacey, Caramel. Hops utilize Hercules. I guess that's where they get the name from. Mm. It's spelled H-E-R-K-U-L-E-S. Northern Brewer. The Greek version of Hercules. Heracles. No, I thought that was... I don't know. You know, Greeks typically yeah. use K's instead of C's, right? That was just being... It was kind of a joke. Uh, EXP 05256 is one of the hops that is used. It's experimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the yeast is a California common lager yeast. Okay. And uh, kettle edition, spruce tips, and maple syrup. Interesting. So, the aroma screams... Hops, kind of resiny, kind of experimentally. Yeah. So the color is a a reddish brown, 
Very clear. Yeah. Filtered. Didn't have to worry about decanting carefully for this one. But yeah, the the, uh, the aroma, at least for the first several sniffs, is just hops, hops, hops. The last sniff, the very end, I started to smell a little bit of maple syrup. But it's just... I'm smelling a little bit of, of that spruce, maybe. That could just be hops, right? Yeah, it could be. So, I know we invented the word, but I forget exactly what Dord is and Dord is not. Can you refresh my memory to so the best of your Dord knowledge? is the term that we decided to use for the biological connotation okay. of that we, you, we were at one point calling cat pee okay. or you know, the biological smell. Okay. There's no Dord here. No. Okay. So, I, I just like, <laughs> using Dord, I'm like, and all of a sudden I'm like... Okay, now what exactly is <laughs> Dord and isn't Dord? No, this one is a couple things. It it seemed a little dank and resiny. Um, it's kind of changing. It's evolving as I'm smelling it now. It's different. It's uh, it's. What's the hop that's, that's most associated with Dord? It's um. Uh, Amarillo. Is it Amarillo? Can't be. Yeah. You thinking of Simcoe? Maybe Simcoe. Simcoe. Um. So now that I think the spruce tips are coming into play because what I'm smelling now reminds me of more of foresty, more more tree bark or right, pine right. bark or something like that. Right, that's what the hops are kind of melding into now. Okay, that is. That almost took me aback with how resiny it is, um, and but how, how weirdly focused that resin is just in the back of your mouth instead of in the front. That comes later, though. I mean, the first thing I tasted was this imperial lager, like, like almost like uh, we've had imperial alt beers before, yeah. like where it has that extra saturated flavor of an alt beer, right? Where you have this this kind of sure, sure. caramelliness. You have... Um, and kind of a sharp hit of, of the alcohol, too. Not not mm-hmm. in terms of it being hot, but in terms right. of it... Uh, of, of the flavor of the alcohol coming through. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where it starts, right? Something like uh, an Imperial German... Yeah, something... Something toffee and caramelly. And then, yeah, the hops kind of get focused after that right it just kind of goes in the back of your mouth and uh and dials in on you and kind of tightens down those screws so it's weird because the middle of your mouth has this sort of mapley connotation it's, it's sort of like the bark in the, or, or the, mm-hmm. the 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 meat in the middle of the tree and and on the edges is where all the leaves are where all your hops are but it, it's is like i said i'm taken aback by how strong that is how very resiny it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that spruce <laughs> is uh, considerable. I know that they say here they have a special fact. They have a conversation starter. So maybe this will help. Spruce tips were originally used in Scandinavia to flavor beer in the absence of hops. They're also a good source of vitamin C and were used by Native Americans to ward off scurvy. So I know when I saw like a couple Survivor Man episodes, he takes spruce tips mm-hmm. and makes tea with them. So, right. 
it must taste very deep and resiny, right? It, it must have this sort of very pine connotation to it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. I I would expect spruce tips, and I'm trying to think if I've ever really tasted them or tried them. Probably not. You know, I've been camping. I've been around lots of pine and things like mm-hmm. that. I would. I can't imagine that the spruce tips alone account for much of this bitterness, especially the lingering bitterness. Right. I mean, that's got to be mostly the hops. I mean, the bitterness really hangs around. I mean, I don't know Northern Brewer hops to do this, but mm-hmm. I certainly don't know Hercules hops or the experimental hop batch that they use. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Who knows what, what we could be getting from that? But I feel like if if, the, if those qualities were coming through just from the hops, then why add spruce tips to it in the first place? I'm sure the Maybe it's to round out some of the flavors. That could be a possibility, I suppose. To smooth a transition between two different resins. Well, I mean, I think the beer has this very... It's called Herculean Woods, right? It has, it has a very woodsy feel mm-hmm. to it, right? I don't want to spend too much time speculating on what the brewers thought, right? But you could imagine where they got these new hop aromas. There's a video. Well, the brewer interview. I don't want to get into playing it, but but so I mean, <laughs> you, you could, go online. You and... could imagine where these Hercules hops, these experimental hops, seem very woodsy, right? Mm-hmm. And they decided to to double down on that. Let's put some maple syrup in there. Let's put some spruce tips in there. Let's make this very foresty type beer. Seems like a good way, a good plan, right? I mean, it's real. It's really interesting. It's something uh, to try. It's probably... I mean, it's not going to be around for very long anyway. Uh, it says it's only available for a short while. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if you want to try something different, this is definitely different. Uh, like, it's a pretty high in alcohol, so... You know, if you're going to get that, maybe only one or two more beers. Yeah, I mean, for something brewed as a lager, it's pretty hoppy and it's pretty boozy. Yeah. it's uh, It's interesting. As I drink it... That first impression of that toffee, caramel, imperial lager type flavors not so apparent anymore. But the bitterness, it, it keeps on coming back every sip. When I first saw spruce tips, I thought it would be almost kind of gruity. Okay. Sort of have, you know, less of a resiny character and more of... I mean, woody, but kind of approaching gin as opposed to hoppy. Mm-hmm. More juniper, things like that, but no. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything that quite that floral, right? Uh, however, I think it is getting a little bit orangey as I drink it. There's... So that vitamin C is probably... Yeah, it could it, right? be, could be. Uh, it's not a sweet orange, no, by the way, but it is getting a little bit more... There's like a touch of citrus, something or another coming through as I drink this now. Hmm. So yeah, you could have this and not have to deal with limes (laughs) on an intercontinental (laughs) voyage. Plenty of vitamin C for everybody. 
And it'll keep because it's alcohol. It's 8.2%. It'll keep. Sounds like you're making uh, health claims. <laughs> well, you better watch out. The FDA is going to come after you. <laughs> All right. So. All right. On, onward and upward. <laughs> yes. Where do you think we go? Do we do the Westbrook or the Dogfish? I say we go with the with the dogfish first, and then we do the smoky ones. Okay. Next. All right, we're gonna rinse our glasses here really quickly. And while we're rinsing our glasses, well, it's perfect time. Hey, maybe you want to support us. Maybe you don't, but hey, maybe you do. And if you do, there's a great way to do it. It's really just one really key thing you can do, and that's when you go shopping on the internet. Start your shopping session by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. A-M-A-Z-O-N. Amazon. Yes, Phil Amazon. And uh, when you go there, you'll get redirected through to Amazon.com, which has everything you could want. It tags on our little referral link, which means that it costs you not a penny more, but instead of you giving all your money to Amazon... You give Most approximately of 94% of it to Amazon and 6% to us. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, Halloween's coming up. Got to get your get your stuff. Yeah, get your, you know, your sexy Christmas whatever. Christmas is only four months away. Get Ooh, your sexy whatever costumes for the missus or for yourself mm-hmm. and uh, send us pictures. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a Doug Benson side boob thing. <laughs> All right, so this is a interesting one, a new one. This is Kvasir. Or Kavasir, maybe? Or... K-V-A-S-I-R from Dogfish Head. How come my volume? 10%. I guess doing a light show is just not in the cards tonight. Yeah, I told Greg, you know, it's Thursday night. I don't want to get blitzed tonight. <laughs> Oops. Uh, limited availability originally released October 2013 really it's been around for a while huh. don't know I don't think it's, it definitely hasn't been on the shelf of John Eagle that long so this beer is courtesy of Heather the recipe for Gvesser was developed with the help of chemical botanical and pollen evidence taken from a 3500 year old Danish drinking vessel the vessel made of birch bark was found in the tomb of a leather clad <laughs> woman Dominatrix. That's pretty hot. Right? Yes. Uh, Dr. Pat. Pat McGovern. Pat We've McGovern. interviewed him on the show mm-hmm. before, or at least on one of our travels. And uh, Dogfish has done all these inch nails. Midas Touch was the first mm-hmm. one. And they've done the... Pangea. Well, no, Pangea was a little bit Not different. Pangea. Um, um, what was the Egyptian one? <sighs> there's <laughs> Namaste... I'm not sure if that was an H and L actually, but they did the the Chinese one, right? right. With the Jin Hao, Chateau Jin Hao, with the Chateau, yeah, Chateau, whatever, yeah, Gai yeah. Hu or whatever. I think Gai Hu, which was the one with chrysanthemum flowers. They've you know, so they've done a series of these inch nails where they they find a drinking vessel with some residue. They use science to kind of figure out what was in there, and then the brewers turn it into something that today's people would want to drink. Right, yeah. They don't just... There's a little bit of leeway there. 
it's it it's not quite what um never said Adams did did a did a original recipe brew a whole while back and they took some recipes that were like really old and they just did them and put them into a pack and I think some of them were like a little rough for today, but it was still interesting. I don't remember what you're talking about. Okay. The presidential pack or something? Uh, Yards did that Yards did a that, long but time I th- ago. Because one of them was a, a root beer, a hard root beer. Oh, I remember the, them sending us that hard root beer. Okay. There was like a Jefferson one, and there was... There might have been a couple other ones. Yeah, yeah. Hard root beer stands out. Yeah, but the, and there was one that was kind of grew it like and it was right. different to say the right. least okay but anyway so uh dr pat says it's just this woman was probably an upper class dancer or priestess or both the analysis pointed to ingredients used in this brew wheat lingonberries cranberries murka gale i don't know it might my, myrica gale yarrow honey and birch syrup it's america america gale <laughs> M-Y-R-I-C-A uh, It says the base is of this beer This particular beer, Kvassir Is a toasty red winter wheat And bog-grown berries A handful of hops is used the, the, Most of the uh, Bitterness comes from uh, Birch syrup or, or sorry, from the herbs that are added To counter, to counter sweet honey and birch syrup they're added. So there you go all right, so the aroma on this one, very floral up front. It almost, before I go into more nuance on that, the one thing it did smell like, it kind of had this the sweetness that you kind of get from a, a sorghum beer or something like that, right? It had this aroma that was kind of similar oh, to yeah. the sorghum beer. That's, that, that's a pretty good call. I like that. This is interesting. There's something on the on the website. Dogfish Head now makes pickles. <laughs> they use a hop pickle. Okay. And apparently they sell them now. It's called Brooklyn Brine Pickles. So there you go. Something new. I mean, I've uh, you know I've done pickled hop shoots in right. the last two years. I've actually hopped the hop shoot pickle. So no reason. I think uh, pickled cucumbers with hop in the pickle would work. be good. Yeah, yeah. I think it would work. There's, there's definitely a honey. Yeah, I was going to say honey aroma is the next thing I'm smelling. There's something that's berry-like, but I can't place it. Maybe that is lichenberry. I can't place it. It doesn't. It doesn't smell particularly blueberry or like grape or you know any of the other uh, true berries. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of in the vicinity of blueberry. Maybe like cranberry. Maybe it's kind of like that. They say it was bog-grown, so maybe it's sort of the same kind of... It could be. It doesn't have... It's not as tart or as acidic as you'd expect well, a cranberry it does aroma. Have, to be. Cranberries were one of the berries that were used, so... Yeah, I know, but the aroma itself isn't quite yeah. as as acidic as or tart as, you know, eating... Like, I'm not even talking about craisins. Or cranberry sauce, <laughs> but like, you know, if you've ever had the opportunity to eat a fresh cranberry, sure. you know, they're still pretty tart, you mm-hmm. know. Pretty oh, yeah, acidic, they're very so, tart. Yeah. 
It smells it smells very interesting. Lots of going on. The honey comes through, like you said. The wheat really doesn't smell anything that's stereotypically wheaty, right? You don't get that yeah. lemongrass or whatnot, but you just get a, a, a beer maltiness in there. Um, Almost a little bit of a buckwheat kind of connotation to the wheat. The the color is sort of an amber tinged with red. <laughs> yeah, actually, your buckwheat call is kind of nice. I feel like sometimes I go to buckwheat too often, so I was, you know, trying not to to get there. But since you said it, yeah, I'll concur. Okay. <laughs> smells good. I could smell this one for a while. Cranberry really is there in the flavor. That's one of the first things mm-hmm. I pick up. Honey comes out too. Some of what I imagine is either the the Merca Gale or the birch syrup is hitting me in a weird way. Uh, birch syrup is that use that for like root beer, right? So, um. I don't know. Well, you make birch beer, and that's c- close to root beer. But they said, didn't you say they added the birch syrup for bittering? No, they added that. The they added. Uh, say, say they say it's a marketing speak, so I had to mm-hmm. trim it down. But I'll just go with the full word. While a handful of hops is used, the earthy bitter counterpunch to the sweet honey and birch syrup comes from the herbs. Oh, okay. I think you might have missed milk when you read it the first time. That's actually, it's really very good. It is. It has a, a you know a decent tartness. It doesn't get too overwhelming. The cranberry notes are definitely there. There is a balance coming from some of the honey, but that sort of tartness still remains in the middle of your tongue. There's a little bit of what you might have, uh, you know, you sometimes call out something of a granite or limestone uh and there's a little a tiny bit of that something maybe it's just sort of a harder water that's used yeah i'm trying to pick out the spices because for me most of the most of the uh balancing factor of this beer seems like it's a fruit acid right it seems like it's the cranberries right so i'm really trying to separate that from the spices that are supposed to be bitter. And I'm going to, that's what I'm working on for the next, you know, sip here, trying to pull that part. Well, up, I don't know if I've part. ever had Mirka Gale. I, I believe I've had Yarrow before, but I don't remember at all what it tastes like. So. Mm-hmm. Does your tongue sting a little bit when you drink this? At first I thought it was just the carbonation, but there's kind of, kind of a sting on my tongue a little bit. Is it, <laughs> now I don't know because I'm paying attention to it. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, is this something that I'm feeling often or is this... It, it, it's a dull sting, right? Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. yeah. Very dull, kind of like a dull bee sting. Yeah, there's a... It kind of hits like... Right there. To me, it's hitting me more in the back. But, okay. But yeah, it's uh I take a sip. At first at first I thought it was just the zing from carbonation, but and now I'm wondering if it's uh you know, uh Gale or something like that kind of stinging my tongue a little bit. 
I don't know. I don't know if, if that's just me making up something in my okay. head. I, I can't really tell. So speaking of stinging, I was uh, we had did some volunteer time off work today, and I was picking up trash near work, and I was introduced to the stinging nettle. Mm. That plant's a little bundle of joy. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Where'd you get stung? I got some right here through a glove. Mm. I got some here, mm-hmm. and it He's was pointing to first. Pointing to his thumb, top side of my thumb, right, right. above the fingernail, mm-hmm. and then outside of my wrist. And then it went through my pants and got my calf. What are you doing? Like bathing in it? What are you doing? I was picking up trash and weeds and the stinging nettle got me. And then later on in a different place, it hit my elbow and got me there. It'll give you a good good bit of pain for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a nasty little plant. Oh. And like you don't see like there's not, there's yeah. like briars sticking out of you or anything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little bundle of joy, right? If you there. don't think plant, if you don't think plants are sophisticated, <laughs> you're wrong. They know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Really, if there are hops in here, it's. Um, I swear, this thing's stinging my tongue. <laughs> uh, what was I? Gonna say? If there are hops in here, then it's. Damn it! It's, 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 they're having these lambic strength hops. I mean, that's, well, like, that's like it. I mean, they, the feds make them put right a token amount of hops in here, and that's probably all they put in. Because that's just to be able to call it beer, right? The the cranberry lessens and the honey kind of gets a little bit larger. I think the more mm-hmm. you taste it, yeah. I was I was more enamored with it at first. I think I'm kind of falling out of love with it. <laughs> I still think it's very very good. Very interesting though. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a big bottle, so we're using since it's a dogfish bottle, we got to use the Joey um, mm-hmm. stoppers. Available at craftyrary.com slash Amazon. Actually, they've changed their name, apparently. Like, ours says J-O-I-E. Mm-hmm. It's now J-O exclamation point E. They changed, turned the I upside down. <laughs> Are you going to type that? I guess you could. You can't make that a URL. I don't know. But if you go on Amazon and look at the Joey, you'll see that it's J-O exclamation point E. I'm like, was it always that way? I'm not sure. And I just looked right here, and no, no, the the eyes right side up here. So. I guess it catches people's attention more. I mean, um... all right, it's the Joe Bangy. <laughs> Did you just make it in Tarabango all the way with it? All right, so this is the Westbrook Grotzer. All right, now now we're down to a low alcohol. Finally, Westbrook sent us his beer. This is three point four percent alcohol by volume, ten IBUs. They call this their interpretation of a Grazer, a traditional German-style smoked wheat. I didn't realize it was only 3%. Hopefully it brings the flavor and we're not drinking it out of order. (laughs) Brewed with lots of hops and 90% oak-smoked wheat malt. Yeah, Westbrook is that brewery from South Carolina that sent us the, um, the, the goes. The goes, yeah. And then they sent us an IPA and one other one as well. But uh, the goes was the goes was something special, yeah. 
And and also they were listeners of the show when they were homebrewers and now they're pros, so very cool. We done did good. Well, it doesn't smell like it's going to be light on flavor. There is a big smoky aroma. Um, let's see. It's a lot of smoke. But the hops are there too, right? It really smells like there's a big strong it almost smells like smoky hops doesn't it i mean there's there's the smoke but the hops come through right afterwards that's not a bad yeah no i, I actually kind of like that i wonder what that would be like if you smoke some hops and put that into it i've heard of people trying it i've never had a beer with smoke tops but i've heard of people smoking hops Well, people actually smoking hops, like, you know, letting up a bong and just... Well, I mean, <laughs> I meant smoking hops in a smoker and then using them in yeah. beer. The color is a, <clears throat> a pretty straw yellow. It's actually clearer than you might expect, but it's still got some... It's a lot lighter than you would expect us talking about a smoked beer called a Grazer. You'd expect something amber, at least, and it's a straw color, so that kind of surprised me when it came out of the bottle. This is the only beer that they sent us that was in a glass bottle. They canned their other beers, and this one's in a 22-ounce bomber. Because it's not a dogfish bottle, we're using our Xylostoppers, available at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Actually, there's a Craft Beer Radio store on our website which has our favorite drinking items. Our beer stoppers, our speed glasses, um, and whatnot. I just bought my parents two glasses because they broke one. So I sent them some more. Um, What is the metric conversion? For what? For 22 ounces. It's um, probably about 600 and... 78 milliliters. Okay. Let's see how close we are. I'm going to test that, yeah. Because you um, you made a boo-boo. I did. Thanks for bringing that up. Last show, I talked about bourbon and what it required to be bourbon. And I was wrong. I was right about everything except for it had to be made in Kentucky. You can make bourbon anywhere in the country. It has to be American. America! So you can make bourbon in Pennsylvania, you can make bourbon in Tennessee, but it still has to be fresh American oak barrels. It has to be 51% corn. 650.62. I was 28 ounces high. I just 28 thought, milliliters high. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought 650. <laughs> 28 ounces high. Holy shit. I thought 650 as opposed to 750 was just too even, so mm-hmm. I rounded it up and I was wrong. I should have said 650. This thing smells very... Interesting. I, every once in a while, I get a little sniff of something that's kind of a vegetable, like a cucumber or something like that. But it's just like this fleeting sniff every once in a while. It's it smells, and then they say it's smoked with oak. It really does smell like fresh oak. So it's kind of, it has not really? like charred. I, would, oak. I wouldn't say it's fresh oak. I would say it smells more like smoke i mean it's like burning oak i don't know what i'm getting and maybe you can just maybe you can smell my don't don't sip it because you still have your viruses 209 disease 
Smell mine. Mine smells a lot smokier than yours. Yeah. A lot smokier. All the smoke settled to whichever part of the glass <laughs> bottle I got. We can't do a... Uh, Greg, doesn't, Greg doesn't want my cooties, so we're not going to blend the glasses tonight. Guess you putting this close to your nose was like probably a really bad idea. <laughs> you were like, oh no, unclean, unclean. All right, I finally took a sip. It's um very smoky. Smoke is dominating everything in all my senses right now. It's uh kind of t- tasted burning and acrid at first, and then now it tastes kind of like um Rauschbeery, right? I'm kind of getting this Bomberg type type beechwood type smoke type flavor and it just covered my entire mouth it's still there I didn't notice the hops or much of anything else on that first sip you're going to laugh when I tell you the first thing I thought of Slim Jim I'm not going to laugh I mean I can just say I I was so overwhelmed by by the smoke that I didn't taste Anything, be it meaty or malty or vegetable or hoppy or anything. I didn't get anything. Acrid is a good call. It has a very full body from all the smoke. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to taste that it's only 3.4%. It's yes. definitely the most flavorful 3% beer. Yeah, I don't know. That Petit Prince is pretty awesome. That was a 2.3. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Second sip, I am nearly as overwhelmed with all the smoke. It's hard. I mean, it's... Weirdly, I'm not. Maybe it's just because... Remember how much more smokier my glass seemed than yours? Weirdly, mine is kind of a... Somewhat colshy kind of note to it. It's not, you know, not so much sour mash or anything, but it just, it does, has a sort of light crispness to it with smoke on top, and it ends very smoky. It ends with, uh, with notes of, uh, of char, but it doesn't really have that on the, on the tongue so much. Hmm. So, for the previous beer... I actually did a fairly good job of pouring Greg a little, pouring me a little, pouring Greg a little, so we'd have more or less the same beer. But this one I forgot. We had we had some feedback from a listener saying, you know, I got an answer to your whole bottle stratification problem. Just pour back and forth more yeah, often. Yeah. Don't do half and well, half. Well, hey, this is 3.4%. Give and, me a little uh, bit more. Didn't do that. Swirl it up a little bit to get it all mixed in. Just, you know. That's a good point. But, you know, my own, it's a good idea. The person who suggested that we pour, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. My only uh, feedback is I've been doing this for eight years. I got a, I got a hell of a muscle memory yeah. I need to overcome because I am pretty darn good at pouring six ounces of beer out of a bottle into a cup <laughs> without even thinking about it. All right, we're topping off a little bit more, hopefully with homogenized beer. Ooh, homogenized. It 
Since I refreshed the beer, the hops and the aroma have gotten a little bit stronger. That hop aroma kind of fades out as you tend to sit with the beer. Okay, it's a little... It's, yeah. Heavy on the smoke up front. But I still think I, I'm getting a decent, interesting wheat... Wheat uh, sort of Kolsch-like beer coming through hmm. in, in the bottom. You know, Kolsch's don't have any wheat, right? I still taste like a Kolsch. You're kind of blurring things. I just want to make sure that. Um, so I took a sip. Kolsch like I said. Okay, it right, right. So I took a sip um, shortly after pouring this time instead of, you know, sitting here with the aroma. And the hop flavor was there, right? I got a fair amount of that smoked hop again. That's a neat flavor. That That's interesting. Uh, we'll see if that fades out again or maybe the just the segment of the beer I had before was mm-hmm. all smoke and no hops. I don't know. But uh, what I just tasted was different. It still wasn't very deep in complexity, right? It was kind of two-toned for me. It was smoking hops. I wasn't getting much else. I'm not, I, I think that's true, yeah. I'm not really pulling any of these Kolsch-like flavors that Greg's getting out of his. Well, and that, like, again, Kolsch-like. It, it's not fruity, but there is that sort of underneath it all, there's a kind of refreshing sort of crisp and cleanness to it. You're not tasting. I mean, yeah, I just I can't. I can't taste what you're what you're explaining. Yeah, I mean, as I continue to drink this, I continue to get more of that hoppy, and that's kind of like um, kind of what you get with um, hops are coming across, kind of like a, a hoppy. Um, Bavarian pills, almost like a Victory Prima pills or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how the hops are tasting to me now. Like uh, an American version of a Bavarian pills that has spicy hops and then with all the smoke. That's kind of what I'm pulling out right now. We'll see if that continues to be or not. I, I think this is actually, I'm, I'm kind of digging it, certainly more than you are. Uh, and which surprised me because I'm usually not a big smoke beer fan. Um, Particularly a beer that is this smoky would mm-hmm. usually turn me off. Maybe it's the Indian I had today that just sort of is working with it. It still boggles my mind that this thing's only 3%. I know. I mean, it feels it, a lot fuller. It does. It, it feels like a 7% or an 8%. Mm-hmm. You know, it just like that's what the beer feels like. But, you know, all this being said, with all the beers we've had tonight, I still want to have some of that goes. <laughs> yes, that what Westbrook goes was, was something special. Why does South Carolina have to be so far away? Mm. So, yeah, interesting take on smokiness. Let's uh, let's hit our final one up. Yeah, I wish we had a... The uh, dump bucket's not here, is it? No. no, it's not. Here, you can just put it right here. Alright, and so, finally, our benefactor has graced us with another gift. Gary sent us a beer from the brewery. 
This one is... It's part of their Reserve Society. It's the beer that was released on... Let's see if I get there. On May 1st, Soroboru. S-O-R-O-B-O-R-U-O. It's a sour wee heavy with heather tips. Sour wee heavy with heather tips. This should be interesting. Wee heavy, possibly my least favorite style of beer. Besides classic American Pilsner or something like that, right? <laughs> well, American premium lager is what you mean to say. Right. I don't know if I'd even call that beer. <laughs> I mean, yes, but <clears throat> some versions, <sighs> some versions border on <laughs> criminal. <laughs> yes. All right. So the brewery, 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 brewery. What's the ABV on this thing? Uh, Scary. The ABV on this sucker is, yeah, I guess. Oh, I got it right here. Twelve. Yes. <laughs> At least it's not 20. <laughs> oh, I love on the label they call it a Wee Sour. <laughs> this is a 2014 edition of the Wee Sour. It's, uh... So there's there's more of a description on the Beer Advocate <laughs> on the Beer Advocate site than there is on, the, on their website. It's a backwards, quote-unquote, take on the Scotch Ale. Uh... They use wild yeast and bacteria to add tartness with heather flowers to balance out the toffee-like malt. And it's aged in scotch and bourbon barrels. <laughs> well, everything in the brewery is Asian barrels, right? I mean... No, no. I think, I think everything... I don't think everything. Okay, maybe not everything. I mean, think of like... Jolly Pumpkin ages everything. Autumn maple and stuff. That's probably yeah. not barrel aged. Right. Okay. I knew it was one of them. Jolly Pumpkin ages everything in barrels. All right. So beer pours a cola color. Not much head. I don't know what that is. It smells mostly Flandersy. Smells like a Rodenbach or something, mostly, but there's it's not quite as tart, and there's more malt, as you'd expect a sour, oh, a wee sour, a wee as, sour. As you'd expect to be. a wee sour to be, right? Exactly. <sighs> Already catching your cold. But there's something else in there, though. On the aroma thus far, you don't really smell the barrels, per se. It, it it's There's something that I can only describe. So imagine, like, your, your Flanders, right? But, you know, substituting a lot more toffee flavor. Toffee aroma, right? I think that's kind of in line with what I'm smelling. But there's something like... Where you take out some of the... You really... You know, take out some of the malty or, or caramel and just, like, substitute that with, like, heavy toffee. I mean, I can only describe it, like, as chocolate mixed with, like, an almost earthy kind of mud-like aroma. <laughs> mud. Not gross mud. Mm -hmm. You know, more of a clayish mud, sort of. It's the kind of clay that we mm -hmm. have in Maryland. Mm-hmm. 
All right. It's very tangy on the flavor. Not unlike the dogfish with all that cranberry acid. Gets a a little... I'll take another sip, but it really finishes kind of chalky and dry. There's a... It's different. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Not front acetic sour, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fades into a slightly tannic kind of almost, uh, almost like a cabernet. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some grape skins in there. Yeah, the whole experience is kind of over over has a note uh, a note of, of dry chalkiness to yeah. it, and then yeah, it kind of goes into grape skins. The um, The barrels don't really... They definitely do not impart whiskey flavors. There's a little bit there, but I'm mostly getting... No, I mean, I'm saying they don't impart the whiskey flavors, right? No, okay, right, right. If they impart anything, they impart some some light woody flavors. Mm -hmm. It almost tastes like a... Like a sweet kind of aged balsamic. With some hoppy character at the end, um, but you know, like a, it's just uh, I don't. I'm not getting nearly as much acetic as you know. I would need to call it balsamic. Um, I wish we could trade. Yeah. Tart cherries. You know that, like that sip. If I took that sip all on its own, I would wonder if I'm drinking some kind of like, you know, cherry, like Michigan cherry type, type beer. Really tart cherry flavor on that sip. I got scotch on that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the smokiness. It's huh? in there. It's underneath. It's underneath all that bacteria, all that acid that's in there. Underneath it, there's definitely. Uh, a, a peat and there's yeah kind of the weakness and I think that was where that sort of that mud character is kind of mm-hmm. it's sort of a little okay. clay like like I said when you when you talk me into it you know talk, talk me through it I can taste just a little essence of the peat right but mm-hmm. it's it's under a lot. It's it's under a lot, right? When I imagine scotches, yeah, you know, I like the big, peaty, smoky campfire scotches, right? So I imagine this whole mouthfeel up into the sinuses type type scotch, right? So just being able to taste a little bit of peat, my natural inclination is not to really associate that with scotch, right? But no, I mean, but I'm not, you know, if someone's more into McKellen and stuff like that sure. and Glenlivet, you know, instead of, you know, Lagavulin, uh, sure. I think your, your statement is definitely accurate. You know, I just come from this, you know, if I'm not drinking Lagavulin, I'm not <laughs> drinking scotch, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's almost like a princess in a pea situation where there, there's a pea underneath a whole lot of mattresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and so it's hard to detect, but it's still there. 
And uh, if your tongue is like a princess, you can take it to that point. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I can't say I don't like it. It's a wee heavy. I wouldn't... It's... It's an American Wild Ale is what it is. It's it's, a... yeah, I mean, you really can't... It's a wild ale brew with a sort of wee heavy recipe. That's it. You can't really say if a person does or does not like wee heavy, they will or will not like this beer. Right. It's, it's not relative, right? It's, um... I, I find it interesting you call it an American sour because I do think it has enough Flanders influence to it. I'd like to explore that a little bit, if you will. Okay, so Flanders typically have a smoothness associated with sort of the Belgian candy sugar that's added to it, right? No? There's no candy sugar. In the Flanders? No. No. So for me, a Fl- I mean, compared to this, a Flanders... So maybe it's the yeast character that I'm thinking of. It could be. So... Where this, for me, for where this one differs from what I would think of as a traditional Flanders, something like Rodenbach, right? Or La Folie, uh, which is a Flanders style, right? Even though it's technically an American sour ale, right? Um, those ones have a little bit more sweet tart and a little bit more maybe caramel. Where this one, if you take away some of that sweet and take away some of that caramel and add more dark toffee almost to the point where it's you know burned there's a right? bit of coffee there's a bit of tobacco tobacco would be a good call it. right it's it's this coffee tobacco thing mm-hmm. this one's a lot darker a lot deeper than uh you know what i'd expect out of a prototypical or archetypical um yeah. flanders but i still think that you know in the world of tangy beers you know, this is more Flandersy than American. Maybe sound. I mean okay. So how, when I was thinking, I was thinking back to KMF, and mm-hmm. I kind of thought of that as kind of a Albrun. It's almost towards that uh-huh. edge of the spectrum, which is a little bit. It's it's le- a little less fruity than a Flanders, mm-hmm. and a little bit more sour, but they kind of they straddle a line a bit. Yeah, I mean. They do straddle a little line. The when you t- when you drink an old brune, you don't really think sweet tarts, right? Right. You know, so you take that whole sweet tart aspect out of it, and what do you put in its place? We'd have to crack open a KMF to really for me to figure that or out. Or a Petrus or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't have an answer right now on that. Be you know. Partially due to the intoxication level of the evening, the time in the show, but you know it, it just doesn't feel like that. So it, it, this is an interesting. Is it um, is it the best brewery sour beer? No, no. Is it uh, the best sour? I mean, it, it's interesting. Is I don't know. I. It's a brewery beer. You can hardly go wrong, right? Right. But if you're picking between this and um, 
one of their many others. This isn't well, going to be a, one of my... was the strawberry one. Eek, eat your... Oh, strawberry one. Yeah. That... <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. It, it was like Ichigo something. Uh, yeah, there was the... There was the... I don't know, dude. <laughs> I think we need to wrap this up. Uh, we need to rank still. We do need to we rank. We haven't ranked you yet. Alrighty. So we got these beers here in front of us. I have my little note cards to throw out so I don't forget what order it is. Greg is trying to figure out the, the brewery beer or the Ichigo. I have to know. I have to know. It's there somewhere. <laughs> it's like Ichigo Sunrise. Or- oh, uh as soon as you say it, I'll be like, "Yeah, that's it." But, uh, was it part of the provision series? It may have been. <laughs> I don't see it on here. I see, Tart of Darkness, <clears throat> <laughs> special collection. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, Tart is another one of theirs. Uh, don't see it on the website. Oh, this is a hard ranking uh, for me. I'm having a you hard go time. Highway. Yes. You should go highway. All right. So uh, I'm having a hell of a time. I know my uh, top two, and then from there it gets really fuzzy. All right, so you want me to go first? Sure. All right. Uh, my number one beer. Hold on a second. Jeff, why don't you type in my beers as I tell you what they are? I can do that. All right. So I guess my number one beer of the night is going to be the brewery. Just kind of <laughs> is it, one of those beers that kind of strong arms way in there. Uh, I'm not sure that. Any of these beers are like you know super exceptional, awesome, mm-hmm. amazing, but they're all interesting. I think they all have their own side to them. Mm-hmm. I think I was wrong in my initial thoughts about the blonde honey. <laughs> uh, it was just you know I saw an array in front of me. I didn't. I didn't consider that they would all be in such weird. And interesting directions. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually put the Blonde Honey second. I think that it was it's certainly the, the the easiest beer to contemplate of them all. And a decent drinker. Um, it, it was, even though it was hard, it was sort of inscrutable for us to sort of describe all the flavors we were getting. Getting your head around it wasn't mm-hmm. a hard right. issue. Uh, and I really did enjoy it. My next one, I'm going to go, I think, with the... Yeah, I'm going to go with the dogfish head with the Gavasi, the Gavazier. Because I thought that was really, really interesting. And something to try. Definitely get your, you know, check it out. It's really, really interesting thing. But I thought that the, the honey started to get a little bit overbearing and when the cranberry started to die down. And that was only having half of half of a bottle. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, but, you know, a whole 22 ounces, it's going to be a lot. A lot to take. Uh, the Gratzer, number four. 
I liked it more than Jeff did. I found the interesting beer underneath. The smoke was <laughs> kind of overwhelming, but there was something there that I could sort of hang on to. But the Unchained, the Herculean Woods, I think it was just it was too resiny. It just kind of overwhelmed me with the resin. And while I found it very interesting, I don't know if that's something I would really want to try again. Ting. Ting. Okay, it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to start at the top since i got to figure out the bottom. My number one beer is going to be the Dogfish. I really enjoyed those flavors. Um, the tangy cranberry, I thought, just came across really well. It did mute, as Greg had said, as we were drinking it. The honey kind of stood up more, but not to the point where it lost its balance for me. So, yeah, I was really impressed. It's funny. I didn't tell Heather to buy this beer. She she goes to Giant Eagle, and she's like, you need anything? I'm like, I don't know. So I tell her to shoot panoramas of the shelves. I'm like, what's that dogfish beer behind the hellhound? (laughs) And she never answered me. So I'm like, okay, she, you know, Max is being a pain in the rear, whatever. And I come home, and she bought it. I'm like, I didn't say buy it. I said, what is it? But I'm like, once I read the description, I'm like, oh, I would have told you to buy that anyway. Yeah. So it was an accidental purchase. It's but. interesting. I mean, I guess it's Danish, so it's it's okay they made her blonde, but it's just an interesting take, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you don't I see don't a lot of historical blondes. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I think that one's really good. Number two, I'm going to put the breweries, the Soro Boro. I'm guessing the Boro Baru. Is kind of like from like Brian Baru from you know a Scottish type thing. I'm not sure where the sorrow comes from. Um, that probably one sour. Oh, that's probably it actually. Uh, so I enjoyed it. It just not the best top tier of sours I've had from the brewery. There's some things in there that don't quite work well together. They work well enough, but they don't work amazing together, right? Um, the brewery has one thing that I'll get. I'll tell. I'll say is they have a. They have a unique set of bacteria that gives it a, a distinct acetic quality that is very tasty to us. They do amazing sours. Yeah. And this one, we're, we're definitely coming from a jaded place, yeah. you know. Um, if you've not had the opportunity to try many breweries and this is your first, I'm sure it's perfectly fine and you'll mm-hmm. love it. it. Just, you know, we have very high expectations from sour beers from the brewery. It is on the label, unlike any Wee Heavy you've ever had. Yeah. Well, it's not like a Wee Heavy. That's why. <laughs> right. I wouldn't call it a Wee Heavy at <laughs> it, all. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like saying that uh, this barley wine is unlike any lager you've ever had. Or, yeah. or this barley wine is unlike any car you've ever driven. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, okay. it's, it's a little far. It's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's true. Um, so now it gets hard. I'm trying to figure out where to go next I think I'm going to put the summit in third place I you put that one last right Mm -hmm. so for me you know the summit was interesting because I was getting a whole bunch of foresty type flavors right and I was putting myself in the mindset of the design of the beer right where they had these Hercules hops. Maybe I'm falling into marketing speak. I don't think I am. I think this is a very woodsy bunch of flavors that they put together. And You are a woodsy kind of person. I am a kind of woodsy kind of person. And while I don't think it was an 
awesome combination of flavors. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's saying that the next two beers that really didn't hit me all that well, right? Um, I'm going to put the Blonde Honey in fourth place. It was hard to really pick up flavors, but it was a good drinker. Um, had something going on in that mysterious blend of spices that I was trying to dig into, and it was kind of this cola flavor, this little pixie stick sweetness that I kept getting, and... I couldn't quite figure out, but it was fascinating. And then the Westbrook Gratzer. For some reason, I was just overwhelmed with smoke. Overwhelmed. I I tasted what Greg expected he was going to taste. And once I refreshed the glass with a little bit more, I got this smoky hop thing that was a little bit better, but it was still very muted in uh, depth of flavor, right? It was a two-tone thing and um it was fine it just compared to the other beers i just didn't prefer it so well, that about wraps it up it does wrap it up so we'll wrap it up with the charmel singing as long as i've got you which sounds an awful lot like who tangs so well, some someone sampled someone else i'll let you guess who and that's enough for craft beer. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is enough. That's for enough for 303. I mean, come on. Craft Beer Radio <laughs> is released under the Creative Commons license, except for when there's copyrighted music playing in the background. That's because, you know, we don't know what we're doing. And uh, if you want to contact us, please send us an email, which is beer at craft beer radio. But really, we really would like you to send us tweets. At Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, at Craft Beer Radio. And um, don't forget about craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Don't forget. We haven't reminded you enough. And, they're, they're, and please forget about trying to contact us over Facebook or Google+. Plus. Yeah. There will be Amazon Anonymous in the post show. Yes, and we had a good week, a good two weeks this yeah. week. And so tune in for that and whatever else we decide to comment on. I don't know if it'll be a two-hour... <laughs> So, if you don't listen to the post show, last the 302 post show was ridiculous. We sang you all the best songs of 1985. And it was a horrendous train wreck, I'm sure. But we had a blast doing it. Two hours of nonsense. Tonight's post show, probably not two hours of nonsense, but tune in because you never know what's going to happen at this point. Who knows? Talk to you later. <laughs>